Time keeps on leaving and we keep on moving. When do we pass on our wisdom to the youth? My veteran story lost our discussions, fireside chats with the bourbon or two. It's time to hear the story by military veterans. Get yourself ready. It's the Lost Arts Podcast. The Lost Arts with Andrew Cox. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Lost Art Podcast. That podcast is giving a voice to our veterans. Today, we have the Lake Bandini swim team with us. Uh, They're coming back for part two from our rock band on the last one. But we're going to get together and chat a little bit. But don't forget that you can become a patron and help us out if you would like. That's a reoccurring monthly thing, uh, donation, or you can do a one-time donation. Uh, and if you want to be a guest on the podcast, you can email me directly at the Lost Start with Andrew Cox at gmail.com. And if you want some merchandise, some really cool stuff, uh, you can get hats, you can get shirts, you can get cups, you can get all kinds of stuff. But go to our website, you can click on the merchandise tab and be able to get there. All right, with that, we were sharing uh, different stories. So everybody can uh, all come off mute now and uh, we can jump back into story time. So somebody take it. Can I just throw two quick ones out at everybody? Just, re- I'm just really quick. The standouts to me are probably one of them is going to be, it had to have been maybe 2002, maybe 2003, but probably 2002. It was uh, as the, the kind of long war got started. I think it was the first gig when it hit me like, holy crap, I think we do more than just play rock band stuff. Dave Van- Dave Anderson marched us up to the Seth Marines parade deck, and we saw them all lined up getting ready to go. And uh, he kind of, you know, we were about to play and some from Dallas and starting to try something. He's like, hey, just uh, right before we started playing, he said, um, some of these Marines, man, they ain't coming home. So just make it good. And that that's like the first time it hit me. I got tingles like, oh, I think we're, you know, I'm doing something where it's like finally, I say finally, but it actually kind of means something here. Uh, and then the other one was when we, Brad and I, we kind of split the band up and we were doing all those troop arrivals. What, 2003, four, five, somewhere in there, you know? And we played that gig for that one Marine uh, who lost his eye. Was it Pop- Popovich? Potovich? I forget his uh, name. Popovich. Yeah. Middle of the night, played for that one Marine. He loved, he wanted to hear the hymn again. And then we go on a trip somewhere and we get back at two, three in the morning, half asleep. And he's there and he turns on his Jeep and blasts some Marines and we all get off the bus, all half asleep in it, you know? So he did the first a few times. But just those. Those gigs, those, those type of things where, you know, I think us playing and us doing what we do, it just kind of hit a little harder. It really meant more than just playing music and all the junk, you know. But when, when it actually touched people, uh, that that's when it – that's those are my, my, kind of my two favorite stories, I think, in my time. Those are nice, good stories. I like it. Next. Those are okay, all like well, meaningful stories. I remember when we went to uh, to Yuma, and uh, Mr. Anthony Brown forgot the uh, the mace, and he uh, he's given all the commands. You're like, old news. First of all, I did not forget the mace. It was not loaded. <laughs> Maybe Carlson was in charge of the mace at that time too. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Sure, but all the all the hand and arm signals, and he was like, mm, mm. <laughs> that was a good trip. Numa, that's a good one. That was the only place that made us appreciate 29 Palms. 
but I do I do say I, I got snake bit. Y'all remember that? The big old habu in the freaking or the big snake in the giant jar where you have to drink and get all the fumes out and everything. Lays a big old swack on me, the crusty old lady behind the bar and, and the shirt's like triple XL. I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do with this thing? You know. Been there, got the t-shirt. I also remember the gigs in Yuma. I knew where every head was off the edge of that parade deck because of all the drinking and stuff we would do out there, like finishing a gig and I'm beeline straight for the shitter. Like, oh man, barely making a ceremony. Just hang in there, butt cheeks. I got this. <laughs> we're about we're about 15 minutes from getting on base and Joe Schreeder looks at us watching. He goes, oh shit, I forgot there's a time change. We better get ready. <laughs> we Jump off the bus and have to start playing a pre ceremony. Just get in your get in line. You're an hour late. Oh, I left boy. before Shooter got there, but I was with him in Okinawa. We were kind of like the, uh, I guess, the spearhead of all those uh, little, uh, the little party band. Oh yeah, that just popped the, up everywhere. I see a party band. They're doing all the same tricks and gimmicks and songs that we did in Oki back in the mid '90s. You know, early '90s. Yep. Man. You, you know, we most you of had, us was, you, had a, you had it made back then. You know, you you made it for everybody. Well, I mean, the the world was changing from when I came in. Already by the time I was in Twenty Nine Palms, it had already done a complete one eighty for the, either the the type of musicians and musicianship, but uh, the gigs that were getting done and the traveling we were doing and stuff like that. It, it just everything just transformed. Now, I mean, it's a bunch of rock stars going on. It wasn't like that when I first came in. I mean, it was barely a decent high school band. You know, it was terrible. I'm surprised how many come through the school of music that with master's degrees and doctorates. Oh, and and that that's all started, too. Yeah, when they started those U5ers and all that kind of stuff. We started getting them out there in 29, I remember. You know, the three O musician walking in the door. I was too, but I was special. <laughs> <laughs> I had band boosters that paid for private lessons all the way through high school, and my instructor was a former Army bandsman, so I walked oh, in nice. the door ready to go. All right. Uh, who's next? Who wants to tell some more stories? Are these ones we were supposed to be recording? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, I, I got, like, not my stories, but... You're good. You're good. You can, I remember... Uh, uh, whatever you want. I remember uh, we were in uh, Indiana, and we came back uh, seeing one thirty. We had all these. We brought some stuff that we should not brought. Anyways, we're back at Twenty Nine Palms. We have all these fireworks now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I remember me and Franz used to live on town with Jason Booth, and I can't remember who else. Maybe Bill Haber. Bill Haber. You guys Bill remember Bill Haber? Anyways, no, Bill Haber wasn't living with us yet. Anyways. Me and Franz go out like, hey, let's go light up some of these fireworks, right? We go, it's dark, whatever. Fucking light them up, and it goes up in the sky, right? Blows up. And we're like, holy shit, it lit up all 29 palms. So we <laughs> threw a couple of them. And I remember I had a cell phone at that point. And uh, I get a call from Bill Hubbard. like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, hey, man, we're uh, doing fireworks. Like, I know, we're all standing outside the barracks in the base watching you guys <laughs> light up fireworks. <laughs> I was like, oh, and then all of a sudden we hear the sirens, like the cops. I was like, oh, fuck. So we run back to the house. Me and Franz, man. That guy, man. Do you guys have any the same trouble I have now thinking back? Because multiple bands, decades of being in, 
things start to all kind of blur as one. Yes. Yeah. But simple things like this, it doesn't take much. And boom, all of a sudden the timelines just start popping back with these stories. Like being in Montana. Oh, Montana. Bar bar fight in the parking lot and stuff like that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Lewistown and uh, Great Falls. Did you go on the hike with us? Marikin, there was a bunch Uh, of us. I remember... I remember we went and was it the hike? We went shooting gophers. Oh, that yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, there was that. Piles of fucking beating ready to horse didn't shoot each other. Yeah, yeah. They, they, the people up at the house could see everybody. They didn't. They couldn't see the terrain. So we're shooting at gophers with a hill behind it, but they're up there looking yeah. at us like interlocking fields of fire. Like, yeah. hey, stop! <laughs> I, I don't think I went on a hike. I think I went fishing. It was like you go fishing, hiking, or golfing, or. Oh, I was so hung over for that hike. Man. <laughs> but we hiked all the way to snow. It was like 10 miles. It was a major hike. But I know there's a big group of us up on that rock at the top. They took a picture because, you know, you had like Beeman, me and Gleason. And Dude, I, t- I have Rebecca so many Ballard. pictures. So many pictures from 29 Pop. I haven't. They're on like extra film. Like I need to post them or scan them and send them yeah. out to you guys. Yeah. Dude, I have like. Pictures of you and your kids. Can remember you used to come over with your little girls yeah. and be in the pool. So I have the pictures of that. Pool, yeah. mm-hmm. The swim pool, all these trips from like everybody. My kids um, are not so little anymore. My youngest yeah. is 20. The uh, two that we had in 20 Palms, one of them we had as soon as we landed there. Like she was about to pop when we got there. And then the second one we had while we were there. And I had two more. Yeah. And so, like my oldest, the one that we had. Oh no, I had her. It was second and third because they were the two that were closest to get. Golly, I know. I just remember you like your first one was in New Orleans, right? Yes, and then that was right before we went to New Orleans. Like we had her while I was in Okinawa, and then went to New Orleans. She was still just a little infant when we got to New Orleans. Yeah, Yeah. but she's like twenty nine now and has a kid and another one on the way. I'm a grandpa, (laughs) (laughs) but three of them still live in my house. Like get. Out. <laughs> hey, Adrian, I'm right here with you, Mike. My son, who was newborn when I got to 29 Bombs, is 23 yeah. now. Yeah. Six, oh, seven, God. 250 pounds. Yeah. And I know. he lives at home. Well, remember, I, I met him while we were there for, uh, I think it was Smitty's retirement in New Orleans. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. And the wife drove over there to New Orleans for that. That's right. I forgot. The rest about of y'all, that. good luck. <laughs> but New Orleans, we're like, well, Smith is retiring. That means a lot of people are showing up that we know because I knew him all the way back since 94, you know. Yeah. No, but uh, the youngest, no, second second to the youngest. He joined the Marine Corps, but he's a reservist. So, of course, I give him shit all the time for being a weekend warrior. <laughs> yeah, and he's a fuck up right now. <laughs> he just got a negative counseling for not having his CFT done in time, but he did it. They just didn't record it, so he's fighting that. So he's he's in a battle. Anyway. What about you, Dwayne? What do you remember? Not much. I drink too much. Oh, good. Not as much as Mr. Sherlock. Wait. That was Ooh. a different band. Don't even. No, no, different band, sorry. I was with him in a few Dwayne. stations. Wayne, I still want that. I still want your Wrangler, man. Ah. I remember I saw your post about that one. Finally had to uh, give up on it. Yeah, so the first one blew up. The engine blew up here in Virginia. 
And then, so I got another one, a, a brand new one. I figured, okay, I'm in my mid forties. I can afford one with air conditioning. <laughs> and so I got one with all the bells and whistles and I got, well, I ended up T-boning somebody who pulled out illegally from behind a blind curve mm-hmm. here on GW Parkway. Um, totaled the Jeep. They actually landed in the Potomac River. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, we all walked away from it. Um, and so now I'm on my now I'm on my third Jeep. My son is still pissed at me because he wanted that Jeep, the original Wrangler. So he's still pissed at me for that. You bought that in New Orleans. The first one. Yeah. Yeah, and then when they stole your uniforms up your truck or your that was no my the uniforms being stolen was was when I was PCSing from New Orleans to Twenty Nine Palms. Yeah, because I remember like you showed up like I only have camis or something like that. No, I had one set of camis, <laughs> so I I was driving out to Twenty Nine Palms. I ended up staying with Adrian for two weeks. Thank you, Adrian. Yeah. Well, while I figured out life and and brought my wife and newborn out there two weeks later, but. The first, when I I picked up my orders in New Orleans, was in camis that day, had everything else packed in the Jeep, all my own personal stuff packed in the Jeep, get in the Jeep, tell the family goodbye, get on the road, drive eight hours to San Antonio, Um, was on base, decided to go out to a country bar there, and might have had, I don't know, a couple things to a couple glasses of water um, while I was there. Go out to the Jeep in the parking lot of this place. The entire back of my Jeep is ripped open and everything is gone. Trumpets, sea bag full of uniforms, civilian clothes, everything I owned. The only thing I had left with me were the camis that I had been wearing earlier that day and the boots, which I had balled up and thrown in the, in the front uh, front floorboard in the passenger seat. So I eventually made my way out there and, and that was all I had had with me was a set of camis. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like good times. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, that was the second time I'd been, I've been robbed in San Antonio. In yeah, town there, I, Adrian. I remember that I've never been broken into or any of that in San Antonio. And I lived here for, uh, four years before I joined the Marine Corps, and I've been back since 2011. So I don't yeah. know what you're doing, man. You're in the wrong part of town. Clearly, it's me. <laughs> Every town has that. <laughs> yeah. Were you Trust at the me, big country bar, Cowboys? Is that where yeah, you were? Yeah, that was, that was probably it. I think Terry Clark was playing that night, so I went to go see her. Ah. Yeah, and walk out at the end of the night, and everything is gone. Everything I own is gone. I stay away from that place. If you... Went across the highway on that street that was the main road across from that, that big country bar. It's called Perrin Vital, but we call that like heroin central, man. There's a bunch of crackheads nice. and all kinds of crap on that road. Now yeah. you let them know. You know, nice. I actually rented a house and lived there for like three years off of that same street, Perrin Vital, before I bought the house I'm in now. If y'all don't know it, um, <clears throat> when I got out of the Marine Corps, I wanted to learn the trades. I went to the education office on base. They're like, hey, there's this welding program over at St. Philip's College. Well, I came over here and I got my welding degree in two years. And one of my instructors, he was a former Marine stationed out in 29 Paul at the same time we were there. We became fast friends and he wanted me to come back and teach welding. So uh, once I had my years of experience as a welder, I was able to come back and start teaching. And I, they actually hired me full time 
during the pandemic. So I'm I'm a welder now. That's what I do. Welder fabricator. Um, I work on cars. The house I bought has a lift, and I I just recently got my hands on a '65 F100. I'm gonna strip it all the way down to the frame and rebuild it up. Got me a 302. I'm gonna have me some fun. It's a new life. So it's not that that's I don't the, like what. That's not the unibody truck, no. is it? No, okay. it's not. It's the one that's the actual separate. Yeah, the Unibody okay. 65 is the one everybody's putting on Crown Vicks and stuff, which is the, that's what I actually drive. My daily driver's a Crown Vic police interceptor. Used to be the chief of police <laughs> out here in uh, Kerrville. I love that car. It's fun. But anyway. It's interesting. Uh, I got uh, I got a welding degree as well. And uh, uh, I'm not welding right now, but I'm a machinist fabricator uh, yeah. where I work. And so one-off jobs and everything. And but I got two, I guess two quick stories and then I got to get, but, uh, uh, so the first one, I guess, cause I've been thinking this whole time. I can't remember. I couldn't remember not having a mace. So thank you for bringing that up. But, uh, <laughs> um, well, when I first got there and I don't know if you all, if it was like this for a long time or if it was just a TP thing, but they didn't have, uh, platoon set up as a, as a Marine Corps platoon, it was by instrument and they didn't have counselings and they didn't have any of the stuff. And then, uh, internet. Oh. No. We lost him. We lost internet. Got him. Ariano, come on. Don't you know Gary kidding. just set that up, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's okay. completely frozen. Yeah, he froze. <laughs> all right well sure. jesse tell us tell us your side what do you got me? yeah i'm not a storyteller so i'll just drop some random <laughs> things that have stuck with me over the years of course syphilis is one of them <laughs> um, yeah syphilis the never goes away i think um, we were both back there never goes away <laughs> lit back on the deck uh at pocket um, oh, oh my god forgot about him since tony's still here tony you were one of my favorite platoon sergeants and i think your story is going to kind of tie into that so thank you um i remember mangan always putting like a mint or a cert in his mouth before a concert i remember always having to do like a photo op with him and i there's a couple things that i need confirmation on if these things happened did we do a concert somewhere under mangan where nobody showed up did I make that up in my head or is that a different? <laughs> no, that happened. Okay. So there's that. And then did Beeman break a table in front of the band? Did he crush, like just collapse on a table while addressing the band? Or is that something that I misremembered? That could have happened. Are, are, you, are, 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 you thinking, are you thinking of the time when he like, he shattered a music stand? He was so upset with something Maybe yeah. in, the, in the rehearsal hall. Yeah. Like do a stand or some shit. It was yeah, already broken. Punched, it's something like that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I was with him in more than one duty station. He plans those kind of things. He he um, planted I, that stand there. I thought he was sitting <laughs> on a table and it like, broke. Maybe it was just a small group. And then now that Nay's back, um, Nay used to come into the platoon sergeant's office when I was the platoon sergeant and fart and then leave. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That means he likes you. Surprised, but I'm not at all. Not at all. show off his pheromones, like that. Just means he liked you. You're one of his friends. I do the same thing to my friends around here. 
Um, anyway, so before I get cut off by my Wi-Fi again. Uh, anyway, so we got there, and then I, I begged uh, Staff Sergeant Owens to make me platoon sergeant, and so he went and did his thing, and I was able to become platoon sergeant. And we had that. Remember, there was a cubicle out by the duty desk at first, and then I talked to uh, like we got the staff sergeants kicked out of their place so that that could be the platoon sergeant's office. And then they, they moved across the hall, started counselings and everything. So that was one of the things I remember. And then uh, the second thing that I get reminded by uh, people on Facebook every once in a while is we went to Madeira and it was near the beginning. And there was uh, every morning we were there, there was always somebody late um late or unshaven or something and it was one of the last days and i think it was the last day and i'd had enough and we went and did the gig and then we got on the bus and we went to the big wigs house for a party or something and staff sergeant mcsherry was there and others and i told them to get off the bus and then i just lost my shit everywhere and it was just freaking F words like every five seconds and, I, and people still bring that up every once in a while. I mean, it was, I was so freaking pissed off because everybody was freaking, someone was late every stinking day. Uh, so I, I remember that very much, but uh, a lot. But Neville. Uh, but, uh, it was a good Neville. time. Neville. Neville. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but wow. I ended up, we, 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 uh, we bought a house out in 29 Palms and then we bought a house in Joshua Tree and lived there for 10 years uh bought some property out there too and then sold it all when we came back home to st louis but anyway peace to everyone semper fi and uh catch you guys later i'm gonna go eat all right take care man okay dude Thanks, man. good to see you again anthony hey, hey anthony. And you too yeah dude y'all want to hear a neville story <laughs> yeah i remember that i, I was platoon sergeant thanks a lot mark but um Neville, how much work did we put into Neville? And oh, I had uh, Adis Mendy was always, you know, giving him every minute of, of his free time. He was helping him with his checkbook. He was helping him get dressed. We were all helping him get dressed and iron mm -hmm. his uniforms. He was a hot mess. And Gleason was in my ass every day for Neville. So finally, I was like, okay, I'm just going to start taking Neville into his office. And if you remember, Gleason very special ways of chewing people's ass and things like that. But uh, Neville lost his shit in his office one day. Like I was standing off kind of behind him because I don't want people to see me laughing when Gleason's getting in their ass. Neville just plopped down on the floor and he's like, I can't take it anymore. And he starts doing this shit. And like, what the? Well, actually, he did it right as I brought him out of the hallway there. So Christian, you're probably on duty. I'm <laughs> just kidding, no. <laughs> down right there by the duty desk, and he just flopped down on the floor. I can't take it. And I look over, and he's got a razor blade. And he's like, oh. I think he had the blade backwards. He wasn't even cutting his wrist or something like that. And I kicked it out of his fucking hand. And this this dude, he was not little. He was like oh, big, yeah, big, giant, corn-fed country boy, right? And I'm like, young, and I'm like, devil, get your composure. Suck it up. What the fuck are you doing? I was like this. And then I went and got Gleason. He came out there and we were, and he was just crying on the floor. And that was kind of the end of the Neville era. Yeah. Did anybody else witness that whole scene? Okay. So I remember, not that scene, but I remember Neville and Vic was, Vic, he was the victim to this too, was the, was the, the release valve on the way to Subway over by the <laughs> Italian oh. aid station, that thing that everybody hit their head on. So I remember Neville was coming back from Subway. Boom. Hits his head. 
doesn't realize it takes three steps into the duty area and passes out right there. We <laughs> nobody can carry him. We're like, oh my god, he's bleeding. He's got to go. I remember, but I know Vic Vic fell victim to that uh, to that valve as well. And then another Neville, we're on a parade deck, you know, like forty five degree angle facing up mm-hmm. the hill, and Neville eats shit like he always does. Slap him in the face. Gleason goes and says, "Sit on the curb," and then. Gleason goes back, turns around, and goes, God damn it. And Neville is laying on in the he's passed out just sitting on the curb. So Neville <laughs> is passed out for a third time. And but that uh, was Litbeck. No, probably passed out with Litbeck. <laughs> well, Sean Crutcher for a while. Yeah, they Sean all Crutcher. Fell out. Ju- Julie Ball used to pass out all the time. Oh, Meyer, yeah. <laughs> Vic, remember you and I took our very first gigs ever. I drum majored uh UE seed. Uh, what's the name? Streeter, Streeter, and freaking Helms and all them are just watching us. And the the kid in the very first platoon, the first guide was morbidly obese, and he shouldn't have been, should have been out there because it was an NCO parade. And there's a video of it somewhere of our first gig. But as we're watching this, I'm like, what's going on? And the entire time we were out there, Streeter and freaking Helms are saying that kid is fat first sergeant. You need to get him out of there. He can't do the pass and review. And no shit, when they came up to do the very first left turn, he, they pulled that kid off and shoot his ass while uh, we were doing our first gig. Nice. Streeter convinced him that he was too fat to be there. <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> I still have pic- I still found pictures somewhere of us, of, of the whole like show band, party band, whatever, standing in front of the crow up at the, the general's building there, whatever the hell that structure was. Yeah. So, there's so many things that, that, I mean, like like Adrian said, they all just run together, and then you know, mm-hmm. seeing you guys, it's like, man, as soon as somebody came on, I remember exactly what I was doing, where I was, what the heck was going on for you know, almost almost anything. But yeah, like September eleventh, we were yep. we just got off a plane. One of the other American Airlines flew out of the same airport, damn near. We were just there. Yep. We land. We're we're getting home at what two, three in the morning. Wake up, turn on the news, and the first plane hit, and we're like, what the hell? And then Beeman calls me on the phone. Are you watching the news? I'm like, yeah. And then the second one hit, and it's like, shit, got to go, you know. But yep. you remember these we, things. If you if you also remember, we were leaving Colorado, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Something we were up happened. at Park. Yep. Yeah, something happened, and we almost, that plane almost didn't leave. Right. It was a, there was a breakdown, and there was a connecting flight, right? Something. I, something I just remember flight. that. that we and shouldn't have planes, been on this for whatever reason we shouldn't have made that flight right we could have been on that flight is what i was saying it was hey. that close we were in the same airport <laughs> the same air- they came out of <clears throat> even earlier than that that early that day i remember being up in the top of pice peak i was we were fr- i was freezing and a few of us didn't have jackets on we all get out there to this edge and mark leeson starts talking about something about hey someday our country's gonna need us and remember the time do y'all remember that we did that a lot. A lot of our trips, we had those talks. There, but I just, I we remember totally that one. Fairbank, <laughs> totally California, Hollywood Bowl. That's going to be my best story. I'm pretty Wait sure that's the same as this park uh, gig where the uh, the bus driver was telling us uh, about all the goats and it's only gay if you push back or something like that. Yeah, well, why, why, Adrian, do go, why do you take a goat to the edge of a, edge of a cliff? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> back to, that's with Dick Skinner, the drum major. Holy we shit. talked about. And on that note, I got to roll. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, a lot of stories I missed. Obviously, 
Wait, wait, wait. Before and you go, who remembers Polly punching himself? Yeah, we, uh, we okay. talked about that. Threw his glasses across the grinder. Listen, I remember someone running too. I remember Dan someone running Peter. over the drum set with the truck. Oh, yeah, that was going to be my first <laughs> Dan. Because I, I remember we were packing up to go up to the CG's house, and I was I took that, In, uh, was it the kit that folded into kick. itself or whatever? The I set it up was, behind the van. No, 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 hold on, hold on. It was a brand new pub set for combo drums. Yeah. And it actually had never been on a gig yet. And it was, it was, getting, was, I don't even it was on the CMR yet. <laughs> Was it, was it Brad or was it Heindel that ran it over with the van? With a van, Johnny rusted John with, Rust. with the truck. With the truck. With the truck. Only going fifty-five. Jeez. Some shit still ain't funny. <laughs> Back then, no, it was a blessing in disguise because the one you bought, that maroon one, that was a piece of shit. But the white one we got to replace it, man, that thing was badass. I use that all the time. So thank you, John, for getting us uh, some new equipment. Glass half full. <laughs> Tune to Glory Tattoo. The very end, we're in Vancouver. Stayed up all effing night playing shuffleboard. I know Adrian was there. We stayed all night. Yeah. We didn't go to yep. sleep. And then yep. all of a sudden, they're like, hey, let's go get on these two random boats and go in the river. And we can see dead salmon and freaking bears everywhere. And we go out and drink even more. Vic's going, got something going on with the, the host girlfriend or something on the bus. I forget what that whole shebang was. And <laughs> the we bald were, eagles we in the, the trees. End, yeah. Very end of, yeah, bald at the very end. And we're like throwing these grown dead salmon, picking them up out of the Vancouver River, <laughs> throwing them around like because they're dead from spawn. And we hadn't slept in like six days. And Mangan's like, uh, no, nobody take pictures of this because uh, this is unsafe living conditions. We're all on freaking cots and shit in the army barracks yeah yeah remember i drove yeah, the right. u-haul with all of our band equipment from tornite palms with yes penis there penis yes, penis he oh slept my God. he slept the entire drive there and back he didn't drive one one bit oh my wow. God. <laughs> hey guys it was great that. i got i got i got a bounce it was great all right, all right dan. great seeing you dan. Dan. Yeah, dan. Dan. dan ask me did it dan I and I wore that shit for six years, and and and, and honestly, Brad's probably got a good story about my post band career because he showed up at the at, at where I was at one time, and I did it was, too. I was I, I was shaking too. my head. I was as face palm. I go, yeah, you know what just happened out front? Yeah, that was one of my guys. Um, but anyway, yeah, Dwayne, when you got to retire, man, you come up. You know, we got to bring it all back together, and and you uh, you know, you do a country set. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Right. We better get right. Keith Satanica on drums, though. Oh, dear God. <laughs> he almost Oh, my God. He uh, was close. Satanica turned into, well, more of an absolute just whack job up here. <laughs> Is Elisa Milano? Did he yeah, retired it so. <laughs> he, 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 he retired because he refused the vaccine. Car full of Mountain Dews. Oh man, that's right. Yeah, he retired. He had he was forced to retire because he refused the vaccine. Mm. In Paris Island, they came through for their little tour, and all of a sudden, I see this Ram Dew. I was like, "No freaking way!" I'm like, "Keith," he's like, "I fucking hate it. I'm done with this shit." <laughs> and then that was it. Oh, you! Yeah. Know, I thought you loved to chop out, man. That's all you wanted to do was chop out. He was, yeah, <laughs> well. The problem is, is every time they replaced 
every time somebody retired, they replaced him with somebody better. So the section got really freaking good. And they relegated him to like pit percussion or yes. operations or something, but basically pulled him off the line completely. Yep. Uh, but I he was such, that. such a, such a conspiracy theorist. You know, every time I talked to him, I was like, God, oh, dude, I, I, just, I can't listen to this shit. Yep. So was Beeman. I was did he? a couple of bands with Beeman. He always was in tune with something crazy going on. And I, I, <clears throat> I don't think he became a doomsday prepper, but he was definitely one of those. He's probably prepper, yeah. if he could have. Well, hey, Carl, you hadn't said much, man. Come on, let's hear some. He's, dri- he's been driving this whole time. Yeah. I, well, I, made it, I made it to my kid's school, so I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting for me. Driving to 29 bombs. I, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 been like this. First of all, I got a question. I got a memory that I can't remember that well. I know we were in Indiana. Did we play paintball at a bed and breakfast outside, or at least captured a flag and got all camo gear and. This really nice bed and breakfast. No, baby. Yeah, I, I could. So well, what happened? What had happened was, is uh, I guess they they couldn't get enough rooms in a hotel for all of us, so they split the band up right. between mm. hotel rooms and B and Bs. And then yes. like the 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 all the Marines that were at their bed and breakfast was like, well, fuck it, let's go outside and play capture the flag. So they all so got their candy. They're all craw- crawling around in the mud and shit. Oh my gosh, it was awful, awful. Yeah, it was like a absolute yeah, place. It was a pretty, pretty fun experience. Um, I wasn't a real wild child, but but I remember my first drink. We were actually in Cleveland at one of the the police tattoos at the <laughs> Indians, doing the national anthem for the Indians, and we played played that. And some of us stayed, and some of us didn't. And the ones that stayed, we got drunk with the police. And I remember marching back to the hotel, and one of the police officers was like just taking a leak in the mailbox while we were doing push-ups in our dress blues <laughs> on the sidewalk. So <laughs> Those police places were nuts, man. Jason Booth and I, during that same trip, we decided to walk around Cleveland and, you know, got freaked out and came back because of that, like, the zombiness of downtown Cleveland. It was terrifying. Mm-hmm. We're on our way back to this hotel and we're about to walk in and then all, all of a sudden, uh, like, out of nowhere, a Big ass watermelon comes to plops and cracks right next to us. What the hell? We look around. Are you okay? Yeah. We look up and there's three more coming. These cops up there were fucking chucking watermelons at us from up there. Dude. Adrian, that was the same gig that you, me, Mark Gleason, and about 20 other people got stuck in the elevator. Yep. It was overloaded and it got stuck between floors. Yeah. Me and Mark were just putting up and having a ball. And then I was taking everybody's drinks and drinking them because they were getting all pissed off. And I actually made it all the way up the ladder when the fire department got there. I was like, I'll just stay here. Y'all go ahead and get off. I'm fucking drinking. I get to the top of the ladder. I still have my cup of beer. And the fireman is like, put the beer down. And I'm like, dude, I got like one step left. He's like, put the beer down. I was like, I was chugging it. Trying to... Then I stepped off and picked it up. I said, fuck you. No. Yeah. I got a lot of Cleveland stories. I'm not going down that road. Yeah. I remember, I remember we, opened, we opened the interior that was the gig, doors. Right? So that was the gig when we came back and Gary was pulled off the bus. Oh, was he got arrested? Not yeah. pulled off the bus. He was like fucking as soon as the the the, the was on the C one thirty. The police. Yeah, were there. but it was that gig because I remember we because remember we landed at Cleveland and we had like police escorts, right? Like, oh, this is awesome. So 
on our way back, right. and the we land, and the MPs are there, and like, all right, we got police escorts again. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't for us. That's for one person only. Gary Robinson? I still remember those, yeah. those, uh, those parties after uh, Estes Park, where we'd, we'd go yeah. home and change, and then everybody's like, get the drum line together, and we're shit-can drunk trying to play with some drum <laughs> solo. Those were horrible. I can't dude. believe everyone cheered for it, even if they were drunk. They were horrible. On <laughs> but then, but then, dude, there's a picture of Andrew, you and I up there playing. They got all kinds of Celtic shit, and you and I. I think Vic's probably up there too. We're just all banging on random shit, and like I, I still can't remember what we were doing. I see pictures, and I'm like, oh my god, is that what we did? So that <laughs> that, that party band that we were playing with was called Wicked Tinker. That's it. Yep. Yep, and uh, I met them like several years later, like ten years later. Um, like going, I went to a Scottish festival, and they're there, and I'm like, "Holy cow, it's Wicked nope. Tinker!" And I go up to them, like, wow. "Hey, you know, I was with that that you know we they you had us all doing like push-ups in front of the the, the stand, right?" Mm -hmm. and they're like, "Oh my god, that was you!" And then immediately they stopped their gig to tell the story to the like a thousand people that were listening to them. This guy was one of those guys, and I'm like, "No, it's not that cool," because like Andrew Cox ruined his trousers and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that either. Speaking of that. <laughs> Adrian, you said it before. That's when it that's when it had snowed. It snowed like a foot, and within four hours it had melted. Yeah. And that's the same day that I think the naval gun run dude took a elf by the horns and thought he could freaking wrestle the, the bitch. <laughs> um but we get to the we get to the arena and we're like, there's no way we're gonna wear white trousers. There's no way this is gonna happen. And fucking Gleason comes back, you you can you can barely see his ankles, his shoes are so full of money. He goes, We'll pay for the dry cleaning. Just put your white trousers on. And we Dude. had to wear blue trousers for the beginning. And then our show, the white trousers. I, I'm fairly certain I still have a pair of those that still have mud stains on them. Probably. Wore years they were supposed to be organizational property, but that was like one of the only times they were ever brought out. But Tim yep. Smith fought, or Gleason and them fought forever to get us those trousers. He's like, we're fucking wearing them. And there was hardly any crowd left because it was raining so much. Yep. They, they were all huddled up. Dude, that mud just elevated the band. <laughs> yeah. It didn't make a sound better. It made a sound Somebody louder. Lost a shoe. We were like marching above the ground. Was. It was so awesome, dude. Everybody was so pumped. The audience lost their shit. It was, yeah, that was a crazy moment. How about Tim the gigs with TG and all yeah. kinds of shit? Hey, just uh, in case you don't know, I did put that that last TJ Smith concert we did in Palm Springs. That's up on YouTube. Oh no, so kidding! It's, a, it's like it's like it's seven or eight parts over there, but it's all yep. there. So if you look, if you look up a taxi band, uh, you know, or something, it's one of Palms. I think that whole thing's up there. I you know, I know Vic and probably remembers where we went to go slap the uh, <laughs> the, the slap, slap and a big chubby comes flying off and hits somebody in the back of this, and yeah, but it's all there. Oh that yeah, was it was a trumpet player. I think they uh, somebody busted their lip when it hit him in the back of the head. Oh God! I hope not. It, it, it was it was awful, but it's all on there if you want to go check it out. We sound we sounded pretty good. That's when we played Blue Shades for a Christmas concert. Oh, that was Lord. a fun dude. Dude, I have those recordings, man, on audio. All those concerts yeah. we did and stuff. So, rock band at fucking Family Day with Chris doing the national anthem, Jimi Hendrix. Yep, yep. I have all those. Brayer, do you still have that like minute and a half recording of uh, Frank's like spliaz that he had? Frank's Frank's favorites. Yeah. Frank's <laughs> I remember a few gigs with Mangan where there was not good communication with how the song was going to end and all that. 
And like there oh, was supposed God. to be a solo and there was just like silence. And I just went, pop. and Mangum was just standing there trying not to crack up. And like, he's like, oh, I need a mint. Um, I was like, <laughs> I, for a minute I, I there, remember, the band I know, was a, chaotic. Yeah, I, if, if Dave, if Dave Anderson was still here, I mean, I'm still on the, on the, on the chat here. He, he'd vowed for this, but I told this, I actually just up at Andy's ceremony. Uh, it was, we were in Yucca Valley playing in one of them band in a box trailers. You know, you, you, you pull the trailer in, you pull the feet out and shit. It's a, it's a tin can. And we got this old analog Mackie. I'm doing sound and Mangan comes over and he's like, oh, it sounds like it's in a tin can. And I'm like, well, this is really the best I can do, sir. I'm going to try to roll the mid. And he starts fucking jamming the buttons, man. He's like faders up and gain and all that shit. Just, and it's going, Bee-hoo. I said, oh, I guess you're fucking running sound then. I walked away. <laughs> was like, man, I do remember that. I was being myself, and Dave's like, "Don't worry, sir, I got it." And I walk about five feet away. This is my, this was the ash chewing. It was, hey, put your hands behind your back. Okay, put your head down and shake it up and down. Okay, keep doing that. That was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life, dude. You're a corporal, <laughs> and you just told the band officer that he's running sound and he's a piece of sh- dude. All right, stop. Look at me in the look at me in the face, and he's pointing at me like this, and he's like. But you know, shake your head up and down, dude. I can't believe you said that, man. Like, that's one of the coolest effing things I've ever heard. He's like, All right, now go back there and fix it because it really just sounds like shit now. And I'm like, uh, No problem, Master. And then I'd go back, and my god, he freaking saved my life, dude. I'm, I'm sure there's a plenty of times where I probably shouldn't have been where I finished. So, thank you, everybody. That's, everybody, all, of us. that's yeah, all I think of us. we're all in the same boat, man. Hey guys, I gotta bow out. My son just got here, but it's been a pleasure. All right. All right. Hey Carl, I'll never man. forget we get to the first tee. Freaking oh, Desert Wings Golf Course. I remember first this. Tee. Carl's like, "Hey guys, I got a new driver," and we're like, "Oh sweet, let me no, see." He pulls out a freaking softball. It was my first time bag. playing golf. It was my first time playing golf, and I read a, a set of set of clubs, and the driver broke. Then he freaking brings a baseball bat out, and he's teeing off with a baseball bat the whole freaking time. Because I broke, like, I broke, I broke the driver on the first rental set I ever used when I played in a scramble with them, thinking I could hit. And I hit two feet behind the ball, and the head snapped off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's where General Weber chipped the ball over the no chipping sign on the the base newspaper, and he said, "This is my base. I'll do what I want." Remember? Dude, <laughs> I, I, hey, ironically enough. Uh, General Weber's aide is my current uh, CO at the barracks, battalion CO at the barracks. Oh, wow. Small world. Yep. Yeah. Used to hang out right, in the guys. club with us. We'll see you later. Take care, Carl. Carl. Good to see you again. You too. <clears throat> yeah, I knew Carl very brief. Like, I knew the name, but then I was, like, checking out or something. <laughs> yeah, when Weber was uh, change, uh, like changing, he was outgoing, uh, like at 29 Palms, the, the, the gig was so fucking hot. It was in August. It was like 128 degrees in the shed or in the shade. And the, they had a whole fucking platoon of standbys. So as people were passing out, they would replace them with the standbys. And at the end of the gig, the whole fucking platoon was gone. The whole platoon had been used for standbys. And he's still sitting, chatting away, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, the whole fucking half the formation is falling out. Shut the fuck up. Jesus Christ. Man, tell us how you really feel, Vic. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> you've been holding on this for twenty. Hey, whoever oh, replaced him, whoever replaced him, the general was the commander of the Beirut barracks when it got bombed. I think something like that. 
No he did a general at the time. Yeah. Wow. So I think it was it was one of the generals. It was either the one who took over for Weber. It had it would have had to have been. It had that, been him. We went through Major General Stanley. Yeah. We had the wife in a wheelchair, and Mike Franz did his. Major General. Major General Stanley. Major General Stanley. And then so that was Weber. And then I forget the name of the guy. Man, I totally forget. But he was the captain at the barracks when it got bombed in Beirut. I know that. He used to tell that. Man. But Weber that never wore a, a skivvy shirt and uh, was uh, credited for getting uh, Scheinerbach beer at the at the, the exchange. <laughs> yep. You remember remember when Joe Weber, we're having, a, we're having an NCO PME in the base theater. And Joe Weber stands up. He's like, He's like, Ben, where are you at? Oorah, you guys motivate us. You know, admin, where are you at? Hey, thanks for getting us paid. PMO, where are you at? You bunch of fucking Nazis. You sit outside the NCO club, and when they get in their car, you pull them over and give them a DUI. Knock that shit off. I'm like, whoa. You know, as you progressively go through each section of headquarters battalion, everybody's getting more rowdy and rowdy and rowdy, and PMO's laughing, and he blew them up. Oh, my goodness gracious. What a freaking time. It was Lone Star beer, not Schaefer beer. Lone Star. It was Lone Star. Lone Star. He had the bottles put in the E Club, and he didn't like hanging out at the O Club because all those little ass kissers falling around. Yeah, yeah so he had Lone up. Star, but he also got Shinerbach. It was Lone Star and Shinerbach. Yeah. We always took the show band over there and jammed out. Yeah. He loved it. He'd rather hang with us. remember the combo we showed up to set up. I don't know if Vic was playing vibes at this point. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We uh We show up. Picture a beer with four cups and four cigars, a, a cigar cutter and a lighter. And we're like, uh, General, you know, uh, I think probably either Chris is the only one that's like of age. He's like, we're like 19 and 20. He's like, I don't give a shit. It's my house. Fucking drink. Well, we're not supposed to drink while we're on duty. He goes, I don't give a shit. Who's going to NJP you? Me? Fucking that better be gone when you're done. So there we are drinking, drinking a pitcher of beer, playing who knows what. And then Joe Weber says, I want to play. I want to sing my girl for my wife. <laughs> His call and he came in, snuck in the back entrance by where the show band set up, rehearses my girl with him and his like four colonels. And we bust that thing out. Here he comes out with mess dress trousers, his cummerbund, and a half unbuttoned white t shirt at his house, clapping on one and three. Boom, 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 boom. And he turns around and goes, I got sunshine. And the colonel's like, Ooh. and then the commandant's there. And they're yelling, Joe, you fucking suck. Don't quit. Your, you, you better not quit your day, Joe. This is terrible. And he, he was genuinely freaking impressing his wife. And everybody started heckling him and shit. Oh, man. Nobody does that crap anymore. Dude, there's a lot of generals that did stuff like that. But not necessarily when I was in 29. But Nobody puts motivation inside the bass drum anymore either. That oh, is true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That went away. Remember? Remember when Beeman away. comes up and he goes, "Hey, goes, hey, we need a, uh, we need a little color in here," and you find the most ridiculous photo. Oh my goodness! Oh god! That was with the bass drum with two peepholes. Remember that? Yeah, so front of the and he comes up and looks and at then the other people. Beeman's like, "Fucking Vic's like, oh, Gunny, 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 check it out, check it out." And he goes, he looks at it, he goes, "Oh my god, what, <laughs> what did you find?" <laughs> I remember that. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. He also had the empty drum case. Always had like... one empty case for like souvenirs or whatever we oh, yeah, wanted yeah. to bring back. And remember, I brought back that big ass fucking stone from Mardi Gras that Tim Smith dared me I wouldn't take off the top of that brick. I carried that son of a bitch all the way to the van, got it into that case, oh, and it became that stone right outside Gleason's office on the, in the sand. 
<laughs> oh man, good yeah. time. Appropriate. All right, well, I want to thank you guys for joining and, and coming in. I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Don't don't go anywhere. We can stay and talk. But uh, yeah, um, I'm going to put you guys all on mute again. I apologize. Uh, all right. For all the listeners out there, thank you for staying tuned in and, and listening to us and our stories and our shenanigans. Uh, very much appreciated. To all the veterans out there, if you feel like you want to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else, uh, dial 988, press option 1. That's going to put you in contact with somebody at the VA that can help you out. You can also go to veteranscrisisline.net. They have a chat icon. Uh, you can get on there. You can chat with somebody. They're going to answer it. It's all anonymous. You just say whatever uh, whatever you feel comfortable talking about. You can also uh, text them at 838-255. Again, that's 838-255. All right, with that, thanks to everybody for coming and joining us. I truly appreciate it, and thank you for tuning in and listening. Stay motivated. Change your socks.